Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirchner. In today's long-form weekend podcast, Glenn gives us an update on the Trump trials and explains how you can assert your right to watch the January 6th criminal trial of Donald Trump. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Welcome to the weekend edition of Justice Matters. Okay, let me set it up for y'all. I'm on travel at the moment. So where am I? Well, I am sitting wedged between the windows in the hotel room and some blackout curtains that I have pulled around me because uh, I am trying to find somewhere that is as soundproof as possible, and I think I have failed miserably in that endeavor. So right up front, let me apologize for whatever this audio podcast might sound like today. I'm not in my home office slash studio, so You'll probably hear an annoying echo. You'll probably hear some traffic noise from the street. I've already heard a couple of ambulances roaring by. So please bear with me today for what will undoubtedly be some really poor production quality. But there's so much going on on the legal front that I didn't want to miss an episode. I want to talk about the fact that we now have a proposed trial date in what will be, you know, not only the crime of the century, but the crime uh, of our nation's history, a president's attempt to overturn the results of a presidential election, a president's attempt to disregard the expressed will of the American voters, a president's attempt to unlawfully and unconstitutionally retain the power of the presidency, because as we all know by now, Donald Trump has been indicted for essentially the insurrection, although he's not charged with insurrection, he's charged with four other felony counts. And Jack Smith, the special counsel, has filed a pleading with the court proposing a January 2nd, 2024 trial date. That would be an appropriately speedy trial, a speedy trial for Donald Trump and a speedy trial for we the people. I'm gonna read a paragraph or two from Jack Smith's pleading because boy, does it sing. And it also cites a case for a certain proposition that I wasn't expecting to see in, frankly, anything filed by the prosecution. But the case involves the Gambino crime family. And I don't know, is it just me or 
does that case seem especially appropriate when you are looking for precedent to deal with the crimes of Donald Trump and his co-conspirators. So we'll talk about that. I also want to talk about Trump's newest lead lawyer, character named John Lauro, and how in pretty short order he has proven himself to be more Trump campaign manager and less criminal defense attorney. I'm going to read for you a short piece I wrote for MSNBC Daily. I'm a columnist with MSNBC Daily about what Trump lawyer John Lauro has been doing, not only on the public airwaves, but in court, because it is pretty damn appalling, at least to this old prosecutor. And then I think I want to finish up with a little bit of a call to action. It has to do with cameras in the courtroom. But let me start by talking about Jack Smith's bold and appropriate request for a January 2nd, 2024 trial date. And let me start with a brief portion of some new CNN reporting. Here's the headline. Special counsel wants Trump election subversion case to begin on January 2nd, 2024. And that article reads in part, federal prosecutors who've brought the 2020 election interference criminal case against Donald Trump are seeking to start the trial on January 2nd, 2024, days before the anniversary of the attack on the U.S. Capitol and also days before the Iowa caucuses. This quote from special counsel Jack Smith in his court filing, quote, a January 2nd trial date would vindicate the public's strong interest in a speedy trial, an interest guaranteed by the Constitution and federal law in all cases, but of particular significance here, where the defendant, a former president, is charged with conspiring to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election, obstruct the certification of the election results, and discount citizens' legitimate votes, prosecutors wrote. Smith is also proposing to have jury selection done in December, before the winter holidays. Now, shockingly, friends, Trump objected to this proposal in a Truth Social post, saying that any trial in the cases against him should wait until after the presidential election. So let's turn to Trump's inane post, his typical disinformation propaganda. Quote, deranged Jack Smith has just asked for a trial on the Biden indictment to take place on January 2nd, just ahead of the important Iowa caucuses. Only an out-of-touch lunatic would ask for such a date, one day into the new year, and maximum election interference with Iowa. Such a trial, which should never take place, due to my First Amendment rights and massive Biden corruption, should only happen, if at all, after the election. The same with other fake Biden indictments. Election interference. Typical nonsense. Typical 
rambling, typical lies from Donald Trump. But it's pretty clear that all along, Donald Trump has been desperate to have his trial begin after the 2024 presidential election. Why? Well, first of all, in the extraordinarily unlikely event he is reelected, I mean, can you imagine if he ends up the Republican nominee for president? Insane, right? Somebody who's going to be on release, on bail, in four criminal cases, including for trying to end our democracy, might be nominated by Republican voters to be their president. Well, in the unlikely event he ends up the nominee, then these criminal cases, at least some of them, at least the one in Washington, D.C., has to be resolved before November 2024, before people go to the polls. Why? Well, because I think all American voters, including Republicans, have a right to know whether they're casting their vote for a convicted felon who tried to end our representative democracy, or they're casting their vote for a fully exonerated defendant, someone the jury you know, concluded was not guilty of all the crimes against them, an innocent man, the victim of a witch hunt. On the way next, Glenn talks about how the Speedy Trial Act has taken the spotlight in Trump's election interference trial. This is Justice Matters. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. In the court filing by the DOJ, Special Counsel Jack Smith corrects Trump's attorney, John Loro, on just who the Speedy Trial Act actually benefits. Here's Glenn. Okay, friends, now let's turn right to a couple of paragraphs in the court filing by Special Counsel Jack Smith and his team of federal prosecutors, because here's what he said about the Speedy Trial Rights not only of the defendant, but of we the people, of the public. It starts out on page three. Quote, at the defendant's, that would be Trump's, initial appearance in the case, meaning when he was arraigned, at the defendant's initial appearance and in several television interviews, 
Trump's defense counsel has suggested that the Speedy Trial Act is intended only to protect the defendant's rights. Not so. Under both the Sixth Amendment's Speedy Trial Clause and the Speedy Trial Act, the right to a timely trial is vested in the public, not just in the defendant, and he cites the Supreme Court case of Barker versus Wingo. And here's what the Barker case stands for, quote, the right to a speedy trial is generically different from any of the other rights enshrined in the Constitution for the protection of the accused, since there is a societal interest in providing a speedy trial, which exists separate from and at times in opposition to the interests of the accused. Jack Smith then cites another Supreme Court case, Zedner versus United States, which stands for this proposition. The Speedy Trial Act was designed not just to benefit defendants, but also to serve the public interest by, among other things, reducing defendants, that would be Trump's, reducing defendants' opportunity to commit crimes while on pretrial release, and preventing extended pretrial delay from impairing the deterrent effect of punishment. As you may know, friends, the deterrent effect of punishment means that others who might be inclined to commit crimes in high office, others who might, you know, look to engage in insurrection, the sequel would be deterred. And then here's the nicest touch at all. Jack Smith concludes that paragraph by citing to the case of United States versus Gambino. Yes, that Gambino, a member of the Gambino organized crime family. I don't know, it's just kind of delicious that Jack Smith used the Gambino case as precedent in a court filing in Trump's prosecution. And the Gambino case stands for the following proposition, quote, the public has as great an interest in a prompt criminal trial as has the defendant. Certainly, the public is the loser when a criminal trial is not prosecuted expeditiously, as suggested by the aphorism, justice delayed is justice denied." Close quote. Jack Smith then goes on to say that district courts must seriously weigh the strong public and private interests served by a speedy trial. It's difficult to imagine a public interest stronger than the one in this case in which the defendant, the former president of the United States, is charged with three criminal conspiracies intended to undermine the federal government, obstruct the certification of the 2020 presidential election, and disenfranchise voters. And Smith finishes off that section of his court filing by saying, trial in this case is clearly a matter of public importance, which merits in favor of a prompt resolution. Okay, friends, I'm not gonna lie. When I first read that portion of Jack Smith's court filing, it gave me 
justice goosebumps. You know, it, it just kind of sings. You're damn right we the people have a right to a speedy trial, an expeditious trial, a trial that prevents the defendant from engaging in additional misconduct, from committing additional crimes while on pretrial release, like, I don't know, tampering with witnesses, and a speedy trial to deter other wrongdoers, other aspiring dictators, other wannabe autocrats, tyrants, from trying to bring an end to American democracy as Donald Trump and his co-conspirators did. So we will have to wait and see what the presiding judge, Judge Tanya Chutkin, decides to do with respect to setting a trial date. You know, for weeks now, I have been saying, I suspect Judge Tanya Chutkin will set a trial date sometime in January or February of 2024 so that the case will be resolved well in advance of the November 2024 presidential election. But um, we'll know soon enough what trial date Judge Chutkin selects. I have a feeling it will be a trial date that takes into full account not only the defendant's right to a speedy trial, but our right, the people's right, America's right to a speedy trial. Okay, friends, let's turn to Donald Trump's mouthpiece du jour, this criminal defense attorney, John Lauro. You know, it's interesting, just a minute ago, when I started reading from Jack Smith's court filing, he opens that section of his brief talking about speedy trial and how it really does protect the interests of we the people, the American people, not just the defendant. Remember, he opened that passage by saying that at Trump's initial appearance and in several television interviews, defense counsel, John Lauro, suggested that the Speedy Trial Act protects only the defendant, not the people's right to a speedy trial. And then the next sentence has just two words in it from Jack Smith, not so. Right. So right up front on page three of this new court filing, Jack Smith calls out the BS of Trump's criminal defense attorney, John Lauro. Coming up, Glenn says Trump's attorney, John Lauro, should be referred to the Bar Council for misconduct. That's next on Justice Matters. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Pundits everywhere are saying that Trump criminal defense attorney John Loro is acting more like a campaign chairman than a lawyer, spreading Trump's lies and propaganda in and out of court. Glenn explains why that is unprofessional. So let's now turn to John Lauro and what it is he has been saying both in and out of court in his defense of the defenseless, that would be his client, Donald Trump, and his criminal behavior. As I mentioned, I wrote a, a new piece, a short piece for MSNBC Daily regarding John Lauro. And I was inspired to write it because I was sitting in the courthouse in what's called the overflow courtroom where there was a closed circuit live stream of the Trump arraignment, Trump's first court appearance. And I heard this Lauro guy say something that in my 30 years of prosecuting cases in courtrooms, both military and civilian, in courtrooms, both federal and local, frankly, in courtrooms, both trial and appellate, I had never, never heard a criminal defense attorney say anything like this. And I'm not going to lie, I was instantly inspired to anger. I uh, was sitting there with my white legal pad, you know, have white legal pad, we'll travel, don't leave home without it. And I was furiously taking notes. I was trying to take contemporaneous verbatim notes as best I could because you couldn't have your phone on. You couldn't record what was going on in the courtroom in the proceedings. And the minute he said what I'm going to reference in, in a moment, I wrote in the margins on my legal pad, shut your mouth, because I had never heard anything like this before. And I instantly knew what he was trying to do. And frankly, he was acting more like a campaign manager, if not an outright propagandist for Donald Trump. When he said this, he was not acting as a criminal defense attorney. In fact, he was acting as the opposite. He was saying something that I believe was unethical. He was saying something that I believe warrants a referral to bar counsel for misconduct. And here's the piece I wrote and I talk about that moment when I was in the courtroom and I heard John Lauro say something that was just dead improper. The headline of my new piece is Trump's newest lawyer, John Lauro, seems confused about what his job actually is. And then underneath that headline, Lauro's misleading statements have not been confined to the courtroom. That piece begins, As a result of his third criminal indictment, former President Donald Trump is now facing charges in connection with his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. John Lauro, Trump's newest attorney, immediately started pleading his client's case. But while Lauro, a former federal prosecutor, is leading Trump's legal defense, His public statements have sometimes sounded more like the advice of a political campaign chairman rather than a criminal defense attorney. I attended Trump's August 3rd arraignment hearing in Washington, D.C. The magistrate who presided over Trump's D.C. arraignment 
directed the prosecution and the defense to file proposed trial dates. In responding to that directive, Loro said something I never heard any other criminal defense attorney say during my three decades of prosecuting cases. Quote, Your Honor, Loro said, obviously, in a case of this magnitude, there might be a massive amount of discovery and information that we would have to look through before determining a proposed trial date. Quote, we expect to vigorously address every single issue in this matter on behalf of Mr. Trump and on behalf of the American people. Wait a minute, wait a minute. On behalf of the American people? The sole and exclusive responsibility of criminal defense attorneys is to zealously represent the interests of their clients. They neither raise issues on behalf of nor represent the interests of the American people. That is literally the job of the prosecutor. Loro's comments seem to be parroting, mimicking, and thereby supporting Trump's often heard refrain, quote, they're not coming after me, they're coming after you. Loro's comments were entirely improper. First, it's unethical for a defense attorney to state that he will be raising issues on behalf of the American people. Imagine if prosecutors started saying that they would be raising issues on behalf of the defendants they were prosecuting. That likely would result in a referral to bar counsel for prosecutorial misconduct. Indeed, a defense attorney could and should object to the absurd notion that a prosecutor would raise an issue that was in the interest of the very defendant the prosecution was seeking to convict and potentially imprison. But more concerning is the way Loro seemed to be signaling to Trump supporters that he's fighting for them and representing their interests, their issues. This is wildly misleading at best Here's hoping that the presiding judge, Tanya Chutkin, instructs him to cut it out. Defense attorneys must act in the best interests of the defendants they represent, no matter the collateral damage. It's pure folly for Loro to tell Trump supporters that he's fighting for them when, in reality, he must put Trump's interests above that of everyone else, including the American people. Said another way, a defense attorney who represents a person who committed crimes of violence, for example, will represent the interests of that client regardless of the danger to the community of an acquittal. But Loro's argument is tantamount to a defense attorney in a violent crime case asserting that he's representing the interests of the community members when in fact he's potentially endangering them by fighting for a verdict of not guilty. Unfortunately, Loro's misleading statements have not been confined to the courtroom. Making the rounds on the Sunday news programs, he insisted repeatedly that the prosecutors are somehow violating Trump's First Amendment rights by prosecuting him for efforts to overturn the election. Even the most casual reading of Trump's DC indictment belies the notion that the criminal charges 
are in any way based on Trump's words, whether those words were true or false. As the indictment itself states, quote, the defendant had a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election and even to claim falsely that there had been outcome determinative fraud during the election and that he had won. The criminal charges in the indictment are not based on talk, on words, on speech. They're based on criminal conduct. Trump is being charged with entering into multiple conspiracies designed to overturn the results of the 2020 election. A conspiracy is an agreement between two or more people to commit a crime, followed by an act by one of the conspirators toward the commission of the crime, what the law refers to as an overt act. While it's true that conspirators use words in furtherance of their criminal agreement, those words are not somehow constitutionally immune from being part and parcel of criminal conduct. Loro's claim that Trump is being prosecuted for First Amendment protected speech might have resonated if special counsel Jack Smith had charged Trump specifically with inciting an insurrection January 6, 2021. If Smith had indicted Trump on charges of telling his supporters to fight like hell or they won't have a country anymore, march to the Capitol and stop the steal, Loro would have had a colorable claim that Trump is being prosecuted for his words. It almost feels like Loro is still defending Trump against the indictment he expected rather than the indictment the grand jury actually handed down. These misrepresentations by Loro deceive the American people, at least those who are unwilling or unable to discern fact from fiction. As my friend and MSNBC legal analyst Joyce Vance said on Morning Joe, Loro's misleading statements are, in effect, an extension of the big lie. Attorneys have a duty of candor to the court and a responsibility not to say anything publicly that could undermine or derail a fair trial. If Trump's attorneys take those obligations seriously, then they should stop mimicking their clients' dangerous propaganda and focus on actual legal defenses and legitimate lawyering. And that's the end of my piece, friends. You know, and with all of that being said, do I expect Lauro and Donald Trump's other criminal defense attorneys to shape up, fly right, be ethical, not make misrepresentations that mimic what their client Donald Trump spews into the public square? Hardly. What I do hope is that the prosecutors continue to call out those misrepresentations, that propaganda, those lies, just as special counsel Jack Smith did in his most recent court filing. And I also hope that the presiding judge in the Washington DC case, Judge Tanya Chutkin, tells those defense attorneys, you know, in substance, Put that dirty trick back in your trick bag and do not pull it out again. On the way after the break, if you think that Donald Trump's January 6th trial should be televised, Glenn has got a way for you to get involved. Don't go away. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Lots of folks feel the January 6th Trump trial should be aired live on TV for everyone to watch. Glenn explains how you can get involved and assert your right to watch it. Okay, friends, let's finish this weekend edition of Justice Matters with a call to action. And it involves the need, the non-negotiable need for cameras in the courtroom. Televise the Trump trials. This is where we cue the Trump trials theme music. So friends, let's break this down to its essence. In count four of Donald Trump's third criminal indictment, for those of you scoring at home, not to be confused with his upcoming fourth criminal indictment, which is expected to drop in Fulton County, Georgia any day now. In his third criminal indictment, the fourth count is a conspiracy to deprive the American people of their voting rights. You know what that means? That means the American people, the voters, are victims of Donald Trump's crimes, frankly, in a very real and direct sense. And here's the thing. Under the law, crime victims have rights, federal rights, statutory rights, legal rights, and they can be found in what's called the Crime Victims' Rights Act, often referred to as the Victims' Bill of Rights. Again, if you're scoring at home, you can find this law at Title 18 of the United States Code, Section 3771, 18 U.S.C., 3771. And the reason I want to talk for a few minutes as we wrap up today about the Crime Victims' Rights Act, the Crime Victims' Bill of Rights, is because we're going to use that law. We're going to go on offense. We're going to use that law to say that the federal government ought to be required to allow all victims to attend the proceedings. What does that mean in this day and age? The proceedings have to be televised. We have to be able to watch them for ourselves. Why? Because the Crime Victims' Rights Act gives us that legal, federal, statutory right. So at the end of this podcast, I'm going to read one short paragraph that you can send to your 
elected officials and that you can send to your friends, family members and acquaintances and urge them to send it to their election officials demanding that the federal government comply with the law, the Crime Victims' Rights Act, the CVRA, the Victims' Bill of Rights, and put cameras in the courtroom so we can attend the trial, so we can see what's going on with our own eyes, hear it with our own ears, rather than be bombarded, inundated with Trump's lawyers sprinting to the cameras at the end of every trial day, lying, spinning, misleading the American people about what went on in the courtroom. Because you know they're going to run to the cameras and say, oh, what a great day it was in court for Donald Trump. All of the prosecution's evidence is falling apart, proving that this whole thing is a witch hunt. It's political interference. And friends, what you need to know is Jack Smith's prosecutors at the end of every trial day will say exactly nothing. And if ever there will be a one-sided picture painted of what's going on in the courtroom every day, if we can't see it for ourselves, it will be by Trump's legal team and flunkies and lackeys and sycophants spinning what happened in the courtroom without the prosecutors being able to comment at all because they're prohibited from commenting about pending litigation or how things are playing out in the courtroom. And you know that the faux news networks will then pick up whatever Trump's lawyers say, play it on an endless loop, try to deliver it right into the ears and heads of folks who are either unwilling or unable to discern fact from fiction. You know, the phone news viewers, Trump's base, Trump's supporters. So let's break it down. Here is what the Crime Victims' Bill of Rights provides. Section A, Rights of Crime Victims. A crime victim has the following rights. Number one, the right to be reasonably protected from the accused. Show of hands, who feels like they've been reasonably protected from Donald Trump and his crimes, past and ongoing? You know, I think it's worth raising the question, have the American people, the victims of Donald Trump's crimes, the voters, been reasonably protected from the accused? I think not. Let's jump down to the operative subsection, A3. The right not to be excluded from any public court proceeding. A crime victim has a right not to be excluded from any public court proceeding. So we have a federal legal statutory right, the American voters, the victims of Trump's crimes, not to be excluded from the trial, from any relevant court proceeding in the case. Guess what? If there are no cameras in the courtroom, we will all be excluded. All but maybe a hundred of us. Because that's the capacity of a courtroom. Now they can expand it a little bit by doing a closed circuit feed into an adjacent courtroom, maybe making it 200 of Donald Trump's victims, of the millions of victims, get to watch the case, attend the public court proceedings, and millions of us are excluded from the courtroom. 
we're out of luck. We don't get to see the evidence play out in a case in which we were victims. Well, I think we need to assert our rights as statutorily protected crime victims. We get to attend the public court proceedings and we get to do that by having the government, you know, employ an easy fix, broadcast the damn trial. If ever there was a searing national public interest to see what the heck's going on inside that courtroom, it is in this case when a former president of the United States, while he was serving in that office, committed multiple crimes to stop the peaceful transfer of power. In essence, he tried to make himself a dictator. Yeah, I think there's a public interest in seeing the trial for ourselves. So here is what I'm suggesting, friends. I'm suggesting that you take this one paragraph and fill in a couple of blanks and send it to all of your elected officials and send it to all of your friends, your family members, your acquaintances. And let's try to take this matter into our own hands. We the people assert our rights under the federal law, the Crime Victims Rights Act. Here is the way the paragraph reads, and I'll also try to include it in the description for today's audio podcast. Dear fill-in-the-blank with your elected official, in count four of his most recent indictment, Donald Trump is charged with victimizing the American voters by conspiring to deprive us of our right to vote. As crime victims, the American people have a right, quote, not to be excluded, close quote, from Trump's trial, which will be held in Washington, D.C. I am asserting my rights under the Crime Victims' Rights Act, 18 United States Code, Section 3771A3, not to be excluded from the trial. Given that the courtroom has a limited capacity, if the trial is not televised, I will be excluded from the courtroom in violation of my federal legal statutory rights. Accordingly, I respectfully request that you do everything in your power to ensure that my legal right to attend Donald Trump's trial is not violated. Thank you. Sincerely, fill in the blank with your name. That's it, friends. That paragraph asserting your federal right as a crime victim, assuming you're an American voter, to be present during the trial, not to be excluded from the courtroom, you know, for, for capacity reasons, which is insane and absurd in this day and age when, heck, anybody could set up a camera. You could zoom it out with your cell phone to the American people. You know, we have a right to attend. We have a right not to be excluded from these 
court proceedings in which the American voters are victims. And I'll be damned if we're not going to do everything we can to demand that right. Because justice matters. Friends, as always, thank you for joining me on the weekend edition of Justice Matters. Again, I apologize for the um, production deficiencies today. If you want to find me elsewhere, you can find me on the social media platforms at Glenn Kirshner 2 my name and the number two. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter or X or whatever the heck Musk is calling it these days. You can also find me over on Threads, which seems to be growing in leaps and bounds. Of course, you can find my daily videos on my YouTube channel, Justice Matters with Glenn Kirshner. And you can find me right here on my audio podcast. The long format podcast runs on the weekends and episodes, shorter episodes post during the course of the week. And then finally, if you want to more formally support our all-volunteer Justice Matters mission, our content, our efforts, feel free to come on over to patreon.com. You can sign up to become a patron. And if you do, I'll send you some Team Justice and Justice Matters stickers and a personal handwritten note of thanks. And as always, thank you to the many of you who have decided to come over to Patreon and are supporting our efforts. We could not do this, this seven-day-a-week fight without your support. So friends, in the meantime, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon.